0: There are two questions that I get all the time from real estate investors. The first one is, how do I find deals or how do I find more deals? The second one is, how do I get funding for those deals? Well, I've got you covered. I've created a program that will help you find all the deals you could ever want and also how to Fund all of those deals. It's called the Real Estate Find and Fund Blueprint. That's right. It's a blueprint that will teach you how to find those deals and how to get them all funded. If you go to findandfundblueprint.com You can check out the details, you can get signed up. It's a four week program. I have designed it specifically to make sure that you leave that program with 100% confidence that you can find deals and get them all funded. It's by far the biggest problem that real estate investors have, and they've always had this problem, and I'm here to solve it for you. I wanna get right down into it. We're gonna get into the weeds and talk very, very specific about finding deals and getting them funded. Go check it out. FindandFundBlueprint.com. I can't wait to see you.
1: We're about to do a whole new refinance of a bunch of properties, and we get to pull out like a couple hundred thousand at a time and reinvest it.
0: You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right, thank you for joining me on the show today. I appreciate it. It's good to have you here. Uh, It's good to have you back if this is your return visit to me. If you've been here for a long time, again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I really appreciate that. Uh, I've got a fun one for you today. I am speaking to Janelle Wilson. Uh, Janelle is a chemical engineer turned real estate investor and entrepreneur. She is the founder and CEO of Savvy REI with an eight-figure portfolio, big portfolio of buy and hold properties. She is on a mission to share her 17-year-plus hard lessons learned and personal strategies to help people understand and master and succeed with real estate investing. And specifically, guys, we get into a strategy that she teaches people of how to use credit cards to purchase real estate and to pay for renovations and things like that. And it's really interesting. It's not something I've ever done. So I had a lot of questions about it. I think you guys are going to find this interesting. So sit down, take a listen, and hopefully you learn a lot from this. I give you guys Janelle Wilson. All right, Janelle, thank you for agreeing to be here. Thanks for being at Just Our Real Estate. It's a pleasure to have you.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I want to I want to dig in a little bit. I, I find it interesting uh, that you used to be a chemical engineer, and uh, you know I've been in real estate for a long time. You've been in even longer than I have, and I know having spoken to engineers in the past, not to group you all into one thing, but engineers can be very skeptical and they kind of need to see it. And sometimes real estate investing is a little bit of a leap of faith. You have to just trust that it's going to work if you follow a process. And so um, as an engineer, I'm always interested, what got you interested in real estate a, 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 You know, when you were a chemical engineer? They, those two worlds don't seem to necessarily mesh.
1: They don't. Well, it's funny because a lot of investors who I'm friends with, they happen to be engineers. Really, and it wasn't. that I met them as engineers first. No, <laughs> I met them as investors first. Okay. And then they happen to be engineers. We're like, ah, we're all engineers, yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. I think that engineers actually have a knack for investing. I and think I- they. I think
0: they're great at due diligence, and for sure, they're great at they're great at the stuff that most entrepreneurs are bad at, which are the details. Which is which is yeah. awesome.
1: Exactly. We're good at details and we're good at risk analysis, yeah. which I think is what I'm good at. I'm good at preventing the risks and I'm good at, at um as, as stopping them once they happen because we have to, as engineers, and we make processes, we look at things that go wrong and we're like, why did this go wrong? And then we backtrack to figure out why it went wrong yep. and then we prevent it next time. So. We are constantly learning, and I feel like I've done it with real estate. I've constantly learned all the bad things that people do or say <laughs> about it. I figured it out. Yeah, I figured out why it goes wrong, and I can stop all that. So I think that's why the engineers are actually good at being investors. I, I, I think, think they
0: can be really, really good too. I, I think the problem that I see with the engineers that I've been in contact with, it's not once they become a, an investor that they're not great because they are. It's it's crossing the threshold and making that jump into doing it because of the risk analysis. Sometimes. <laughs> the risk analysis prohibits it just there's there's okay. things that that, that scare sense. them yeah
1: because i was i was i was thrown into it <laughs> okay
0: okay well that makes sense yeah. so how so, were you thrown into it i'm curious
1: yeah so my dad had duplex in philly and he had it as a kid and it was across the street street my grandmother's and so i remember him going across the street and picking up rent and i've always been in, in tune with money i collected coins as a kid so I always knew that house across the street equals money. So it already yeah. had peaked an interest in me. And then as years went on, um, my parents got divorced and he kind of let the property go. It had been abandoned for over 10 years. And then while I was in college, my grandmother called me and told me that the house was going up for share sale. And if I wanted, mm-hmm. I had to come save it. So what I did was I got a student loan and I paid the back taxes and uh, I stopped the share sale. Mm-hmm. Now I went back to school. I finished, uh, I graduated about six months later and I started working as an engineer. And I kind of forgot about the house again, but then my grandmother called me again, and she said that the house is about to get torn down. So I went downtown, found out all the violations, and as I read these violations off of me, I felt so overwhelmed. I remember this like yesterday because it has this feeling, oh. and um, <laughs> I was like, how am I going to fix this? I mean, I knew it was a total rehab. The roof had been bad for years, so yeah. the wall in the back was collapsing. The joists inside were rotten, and so I knew it was in bad shape already. So as I read these violations off to me, there was a contractor there and he was like, I can fix all these things for you. And I was like, really? Wow. So, um, I got a cash advance, which I don't recommend, but that was all I knew at the time. You know, <laughs> yeah. When I went to school, I got to, go to school loan with all I knew. And then I got a credit card, cash advance. So that was another program. So at that point, I'm into this house with $10,000 and I'm like, what do I do now? I started getting estimates. All the estimates were crazy. I couldn't afford it. I felt like I was at crossroads and I thought that I should sell it. So I got a I, got, I got an offer for $45,000. And I thought to myself, like, does this person know the condition? Like, you can barely walk in there. Yeah. And i was like, yeah, they, they understand. So I thought to myself, wow, someone will spend 45000 for that. Because I thought it was worth maybe like 20000 Yeah. So if you offer 45000 I thought, you know what? Maybe I should keep it. So that's what I did. So I, I, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to figure this wow. thing out. Serendipitously, my mom's a hairdresser. And she had a client who has a house around the corner. From the property. She had just got a um, home equity loan and they did a drive by appraisal. This was in 2004.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah that yeah, makes yes. sense. They <laughs> did a drive
1: by appraisal and she got $70,000. I was like, oh my gosh, this is my answer. So, what I did was I got new windows, I've got a new door, I painted the outside, and we did a drive by appraisal. They <laughs> did a for $70,000. I got a loan for 63 Wow. Next, The next hurdle was that. There was mortgages, liens, water bills, all kinds of stuff owed on it. I had to pay about forty-five thousand, another forty-five thousand. So good thing I didn't sell it because if I did, I would have walked away table with nothing. So um, I paid a lot off. I had about twenty thousand left over. That same contractor he offered to fix it up for about twenty-five. So I went through the normal problems with the contractor. He disappeared. It had mm. shit. um, but it took me about eight months to get it all done. At the end of the day, I got two Section 8 tenants in there. I started cash flowing $700. Wow. And I immediately forgot all the problems that I had. And I I discovered the power of real estate and I immediately bought my next one. And now I have an eight figure portfolio. I've built it all on leverage because that's how I started. And I, I manage my, my own my own team, basically. So I learned a lot from my first property.
0: Wow. So you you manage your own property, like your team, your own in house team manages your properties?
1: That's the best way to do it because you have control. You yeah, know, control contractors. It's hard to control the the tenant. So yeah, I I I feel like I have thrown everyone up myself, and so I have control over that.
0: If if I can ask, how many approximately? How many doors are we talking about?
1: So I have about ninety that are occupied, okay. and I have another forty that are under construction.
0: Okay. The reason I ask is I'm curious what kind of a team is required for ninety doors. What, how how big of a team is that?
1: So it's about three of us oh um, wow
0: that's not bad at all i was expecting you to say like 10 people
1: oh well no no um so we read that it's about one person for per 50 um tenants okay and we felt like that was kind of accurate for what we were doing because i had my properties my fiance had his properties and we have some together mm-hmm. so we so us two were managing um, when we were under 100 between the two of us, between the two of us, we now have almost 200. So we have a VA now, and then, um, we have someone who's like part time. I have a full time person, and we're trying to hire another VA okay. to, um, to help with the, with the management side. But yeah, um, we're pretty much pretty good at 50 clients per person. Really? Like, actually, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that's, we, the, we, we use a property management software, which okay. I think is good. And then the VA really makes it a lot easier.
0: Yeah. Um, what does the VA do out of curiosity? What what kind of um, job responsibilities?
1: So she takes the calls from the t- so most of our tenants, a lot some of our tenants, um, they can put in their requests right through the app. Then we have the older ones who aren't really tech savvy, and I get yeah. it because I'm like on a break. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> like, oh, my, I, I really like the software myself. And it's a lot of my fiance who, who's into systems. We probably wouldn't be at this many because I don't like, I don't like software either. Yeah. So I probably would have been cat when I hit, um, it was when I had about 20 properties that I felt like I couldn't do them on myself. Yeah. So, um, so she takes the phone calls for the maintenance and she puts it in the system. And then, um, she has like a chain of command of people that she calls for maintenance. Okay. And then we have a person who like at the end of the day, they look to see what goes on. Okay. she also we, we do sectionate a lot so she goes into the, the portal and then she looks at the inspection she puts the dates into the calendars she makes sure um she reconciles the the, the payments of the rent mm. so yeah she, she does a lot
0: okay what uh what software do you use buildium buildium okay that's what i was i said i was thinking i use property management uh companies and but they use buildium that's the software that they use too uh, but i'll tell you I'm, I'm actually selling a lot of my rentals right now and part of it is because My property management company is just, they're just not doing a great job. I I probably would be better off doing my own.
1: Um, So sorry to cut you off, but we (laughs) went through four. We went through four property managers before we're like, you know what? We just got to do this ourselves because, for one, you know, I know people talk passive investing so much, but really, when you passively invest, you are trusting other people to number one, know what to do. And number two, Actually, do it. Like yeah. have the discipline to do it and do it right. Yeah. So because I just feel like people just don't do their jobs, and <laughs> no one's going to mind your money like yeah. the way you mind your money. No,
0: it's true. So, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah so- property management companies, what I have found, what their biggest downfall is they don't really know what things should cost from an investor's point of view, yeah. and then. they're they're pretty quick to just sign off on things at any cost. You know what I mean? It's like, wow. Yeah, I had had my property manager call me um, about a year ago and they're like, Hey, we've got this problem. Your basement in one of your houses, there's some water and backups and stuff. Um, We're going to have to jackhammer the floor. It's going to be $5,000. And is it okay? And they're like, is it okay? And I'm like, no, it's not okay. So I send my plumber over. They just need a new sump pump, like new sump pump. That was it. And it's like, you were going to jackhammer the floor and spend $5,000. So yeah, I hear you. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, So is your strategy then uh, for for your business, are you just purely buy and hold? Are you doing any flipping or anything like that?
1: That's because we don't like to pay taxes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just buy and hold. No, that's smart.
1: We buy and hold, but we we, we finance a lot. Like we... Like we just, we're about to do a whole new refinance of a bunch of properties and we get, get to pull out like a couple hundred thousand at a time and reinvest it. And yeah. the interest rate so low right now. Appraisals are so high. So it's like the perfect time. I think it's perfect. I don't know why people are, sell, well, I don't know why people sell. They don't want to deal with tenants. But um, once you learn how to deal with tenants, it's, it's easy. Um, refinance, you don't have to pay any taxes on the money. The tenant pays it back. I think the world is meant for buying, home, investing. There's so many things that yeah. go so against you when you're a flipper. Yeah. There's a lot of taxes you got to pay. But
0: yeah. I hear you. And I don't disagree with that at all. Um, So you have... And this is something I I kind of talked just briefly said I'm really interested in talking to you about this before we hop down here live is you have a course and you talk about and educate people how to use credit cards to buy real estate. Now, Mm -hmm. we're all... I shouldn't say all of us. A lot of us are taught to avoid credit cards. like Try to never have a credit card balance. Don't use credit cards if you don't have to. Um, but you're leaning into it and saying, no, use credit cards, right? And as someone who's never really, I shouldn't say I never have, my first deal I ever did, part of the the rehab was credit card. I just got it, I went into credit card debt to do it because I just had no other money. I didn't know what else to do. Uh, and it worked out, I made money, it was great, but I've never used credit cards since then. Tell me why using credit cards, and more specifically, how using credit cards is yeah. is a good idea for investors.
1: Well, credit cards are like the easiest no doc loans you can get. You fill an application, you get approved instantly online. So it's been, for, for number one, they're easy. And number two, they offer 0% balance transfer offers. And with those balance transfer offers, a lot of people, they get checks in the mail and they throw them out. But if you stop and read them, you'll see that you get 0% of, you know... Balance transfers, which can be a, a check into your account or a transfer into your account or you know, paying off another card, whatever, and it's 0% for 12, 18 months just to pay a three percent fee. So they are great because they're easy to get and the rates are low. The only downside is, is that their payments are high. So for like a fifty a house that's fifty thousand dollars, your payment might be hundred and fifty dollars versus a credit card, it will be seven hundred and fifty, depending on the card. Right. But um, the way you work that into your your budget is you make your interest payments part of the budget. So, say you have a card that you have fifty thousand dollars on. Your rehab is forty thousand. You make sure you you allot ten thousand to go to cover the interest payments until you get through your rehab, until you can refinance and pay it back.
0: Okay. So when you when you when you do you do this, I assume you're doing it because you're teaching yeah, and advocating yeah, it.
1: I, I still do it, even though I have a good portfolio. I mean, these credit cards always. They come in handy at the last second. I'm trying to, you know, all the costs of, a str- of construction have gone up. So even though I work everything into my, into my budget, I'm over budget. And so my credit card is like here to me. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. And, cool. and so
0: it sounds like uh, what you're doing is you're, you're telling me you have a fifty thousand dollar credit card limit, and the the, the rehab's forty thousand dollars. You're using the other ten to kind of finance the payments until you get this thing refinanced out and it's cash flowing and all that. It's smart because people. You know, I always tell people like just with a regular like hard money lender or whatever, borrow more than you need so that the cash flow doesn't become a problem for you. And you can use that money for for cash flow and paying back the loan. I say the same thing. Yeah, totally. And it's smart. Because I think some people, especially at scale, you start doing a lot of these and stacking them up. Next thing you know, your monthly obliga- op- your monthly obligations Not. start burying you. And I've seen people really kind of go out of business because they, they yeah. did it that way.
1: Exactly. I tell people cash flow is so important. You need to make sure you have the cash. Even if you don't use it, have the cards there just in case. Cash flow will kick you out the game. You might have the best deal. You might have the best everything. But if you don't have the cash to get it done, then you're going to lose. As long as you get a house that is, is under market value, mm-hmm. you know, you have that works. Like you're just not a brand new team that you're going to have all with, or You got to figure things out. Yeah. Make sure you already are familiar with your construction team and you already have the deal flow You know, going. So I make sure you have all those things in place. You plan for the payments and then you should be okay.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Um, so if I'm a new investor, by the way, when you're I know you may not necessarily know everyone who like buys your course. You don't talk to everyone individually, but are you? Do you feel like you're usually talking to newer investors, or are you talking to all kinds of? And the reason I'm asking is, if I'm a new investor, like, I'll let you answer the question first. So, is it mostly new investors, or?
1: So it is mostly new investors, but yeah. when I tell seasoned investors, are like. Oh my god! I never thought of that. And they're like, and then they go and apply for cars and get these high limits, and now they're able to do more than what they've been doing.
0: Okay, and that makes sense. And if I'm an investor that has a lot of, I've done a lot of deals, and I'm experienced, and I have, you know, this portfolio, I get it. I, I get how a bank would or a credit card company, whatever. But if I'm a new investor, I've never, I've never done a deal. I don't have any rentals. I've never flipped or anything. And I want to go apply. How realistic is it that I can get a card?
1: So as long as you don't have any late payments and your credit report looks good, your history is good. Yeah. Um, then you can easily get approved for cards. There's certain cards who who are known for giving out high limits. Like with my Citibank card, I have a hundred thousand. But I've I've built up to that though. Yeah. So um I've had that card since two thousand eleven. Now other cards, um, they're like Chase, they usually give out high limits from the beginning. As soon as I apply for them, I got 30,000 and then once you have a card like let's say you start with 10 Mm -hmm. every six months or every year you ask for increases and then once you have high limits other cards you apply for after that will kind of match that because they see that you have experience with those high limits and other cards trust you and then they get to you so the barrier is getting a card getting increases and then getting the high limits and other cards will kind of match it
0: do do having a high limit card doesn't um, does that hurt your credit when you're trying to get the next one and the next one? Does that start actually compounding or?
1: So the only time it hurts is if your card is maxed out. So I don't apply for anything. I don't apply for anything that is decided with a computer when my stuff is maxed out. Okay. I do apply for my refinance loans when my card is maxed out. because this is a person. I already know this person. They know that I'm taking my refinance loan and paying off this the, the credit card. Sometimes I, they make me do it on the HUD. Yeah. So... Um, they don't care. They know that I have a good history. My, I have all my payments have been paid on time all the time. So as long as you don't have any late payments, then you can pretty much get approved.
0: Okay. And I was, you answered kind of my next question was, what are some of the places where people should maybe try first to get a card that is significant? It sounds like Chase is one of them for sure.
1: Chase is one but people are starting to run into the ground. (laughs) Um, uh, maybe federal used to be one, but now because people have been applying, um, they will start you out with a low limit, like 3000 Okay. And after six months, they'll increase you. So uh, Chase is still giving out pretty good limits. Um, like I said, I use Citibank. And I know a lot of people already have, if you already have a card, definitely call them up and get a, a an increase. And okay. ask for a lot. If you've had a card for a long time, don't be afraid to ask for $50,000. Okay. I know plenty of people who have limits are like $50,000, 60000 60. Long okay. history is good.
0: Okay, and having these and I'm just asking a bunch of dumb questions that I always thought were true, so having a bunch of cards that are not that have a lot of credit left on them does not hurt your credit, like say you go to buy a car, right? like you're not gonna buy with a credit card necessarily, but let's just say I want to buy a car, but I've got you know three credit cards that equal a hundred thousand dollars, and it's all open. Does that not scare anybody no. away from lending you money from like a car for like a car or a house or something
1: no so. No, not really. So, all these little these little details that people harp on—they yeah. don't really matter. You look at the <laughs> picture. Um,
0: I know. You, first of all, before you finish, it's so funny because I'm asking you the type of questions that drives me crazy when people ask me yeah. about other real estate stuff. <laughs> I'll go. It matter. just doesn't matter. Like, stop obsessing over tiny yeah. things. I know. Yeah. I, I hear you, I mean, and I hear myself saying it. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I've listened to your podcast, and we agree on a lot of things. So. Um, <laughs> I I have to struggle with a lot of... Because I I started doing some mentorship. It's new for me. And people get caught up on the smallest things. Yeah. And people are caught up on the credit. And the credit, they said, what about the inquiries? What about this? And I was like, listen, your credit is so you can use it. Okay? So (laughs) at first, if credit is bad, you work to get it up. Okay? And so they get so caught up on leaving it up. Leave it at 800. They're like, no, I don't want to think that it's going to drop Eight points. And I'm like, listen, don't get caught up in details. Okay. Yeah. Getting a good score is just part of the process. Now that you got the good score, you gotta use it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hear you. What about business credit? you're talking, it sounds like personal stuff with with your your FICO and stuff. Yeah. Do you talk about business credit at all and trying to create that?
1: Yes, both. Yes, both. So there are things that are circulating right now that people don't wanna have this on their personal credit report and they don't want a personal guarantee. Yeah. But with credit cards that don't make you prove your finances or anything. You have to have a personal guarantee. Also, when you're doing real estate, unless it's like a big multifamily property, those are going to have a, a, a personal guarantee as well. Only non-recourse loans or companies of like staples, like real big companies that have a lot of gross revenue and they show fine financials. Those are the ones that don't have a personal guarantee. But yeah. so your business credit. Those are just like being on your. It's just like personal credit, except it's like an incognito credit report. It's yeah. not on your personal credit, but it's still attached to you. Yeah. So you can go and run up a credit card and not expect to pay it because then they will come after you. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So I use both. I use business credit and personal credit because there are times when the economy is giving a lot of business credit out. There's times when they're giving a lot of personal credit out. So I have both. I have um, large lines in both, and I use both. I, I'll use my business credit first, but. And that's only because I like to keep my personal credit clear. However, my personal cards have more offers. They have more 0% Mm -hmm. offers. And so I use those too. So it just depends on what I need at the moment. If I need to keep my personal credit clear because I'm going to buy a car or I'm going to buy my personal house for myself, then I keep it clear. But if I have no intention of doing any of that stuff, I'm just buying investment properties. I run up both of them.
0: Okay. And when you go to refinance once... Let's just say you you use this card for a house or a, a real estate transaction... When you go to refinance, how long do you typically wait before you apply for a refinance? How long do you have to wait?
1: So I use commercial loans and I'm pretty much trying to teach people about those type of loans and what commercial loans. They just want the house to be cash flowing. They treat it as a business that has to be making a certain amount of money. Okay. So it doesn't have to, I can buy a house next month and refinance it. Loans with a tenant in their pants. Really? Yeah.
0: Really? No kidding. I thought there was like a six month or some seasoning period before I banks would refinance
1: with um res- residential but for the most part i've used four different banks and they've all been that way as long as it's cash flowing, as long as there's a tenant in their longevity lease they will refinance you
0: okay and they are residential houses we're talking we're not talking okay. about multifamily no. here okay
1: no, uh, family houses duplexes triplexes. yeah
0: okay cool are these like local credit unions or are they like big yes. box okay they
1: have to be local well okay. Actually, there are ones that are national, but I prefer local. Ones. Yeah. I, I like having a personal relationship with people. Yep, um, They do things like re- restructure your loans just the base drop and stuff. And so, yeah, I like the local because you have you can make a relationship with them.
0: Nice. Um, and then typically, wh- I was going to ask about interest rates, but you're typically talking about cards that offer 0%, 12 months. So you're not worrying about that so much.
1: No, yeah, so I do not do cash advances. Those... Um, are high rates and they start accruing immediately right after you take them out. So I don't, I don't, I don't recommend doing those. And if cars only have a 0% on a purchase, there's things you you can do, like pay yourself through PayPal or um, Plastique is another way. They, they tote it as paying your contractors through, which I pay my contractors through that too, Mm -hmm. because I have some cars that are 0% only on purchases. So there's ways around, on everything.
0: Okay. Awesome. Um, what have what have we not talked about as it relates to the credit card strategy? Is there something I didn't talk about that you know people ask or they run into or something you hear a lot that that people should know?
1: Um, I feel like you hit all the questions that people ask, you know the credit score and how to get the high limits and okay. all. Of that. So I, I think you, the business credit, yeah, you, you pretty good much. Ahead. Oh, let me just say this one last thing about the business credit. So the thing that was circling that kind of drove me to make this course because people kept asking me about it is a lot of people are selling this program to get like net 30 accounts and have to build up your business credit, but you really don't have to do that. You don't have to pay anyone to build up your, your business credit. Your business credit is based off your personal credit. So as long as you have good personal credit, you can get, business credit cards. And business credit cards is not a workaround to bad credit. If you have yeah. bad personal credit, you cannot get business credit. Yeah. Credit banks are not stupid. It's, yeah. it's like an extension of you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. That makes that make total sense. Um, all right. So how can people find out more about this uh, program about what you offer? How can they get into your world?
1: Um, so right now, I'm mostly on Instagram. Um, I put a lot of stuff on there about my day-to-day stuff with the tenants contractors and investing tips in general. And then there's a, a link to my course from my Instagram page. So my Instagram is J H A N E L W I L S O N Janelle Wilson. Yep. And then I have a website under construction. So hopefully that will be ready soon, but that is Janelle Wilson.com. Okay. Yeah. When when do you
0: think it'd be ready? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Spell it. I'm sorry.
1: It's J H A N E L Wilson. Yeah. So yeah. So, um, they, I just got like the, the initial thing. So okay. It should be ready within a week or so.
0: Oh, okay. This it'll, it'll be live probably by the time this goes live, your, your website will be up and running. So okay. people can go okay. check well, it out. And by, I've been to your, uh, your Instagram, obviously. Uh, you have a great Instagram page. So well done! It's just so engaging and so interesting. And I start, you know, because I always go and look at who I'm going to be interviewing and try to get okay. more uh, insight into them. And I just got lot, like I got lost in it. Just kept scrolling and watching stuff. And so That's it's great. it's fantastic. You're doing a great job.
1: You know, it's funny. I was really against going on Instagram for a while, um, and I got on there because my my kids' daycare they, they started. Putting their pictures up, so like, all right, let me go on Instagram. I thought Instagram was like all for like ratchet videos. (laughs) um, Yeah, yeah. When I got on there, I I followed my realtor, and she follows like all these real estate people, all these interior designers. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was getting inspired by the most random (laughs) thing. So like maybe I should start posting some stuff. So that's what I did. I started posting, and at first I would get so nervous when I post but now I've gotten pretty good at it and I would kind of rather stay home and make a bunch <laughs> of videos.
0: <laughs> well, like I said, I'm scrolling through right now. It's it's awesome. It looks so well done, so professional and so vibrant. It's just it's great. It's like one of the yeah. best pages I've ever seen. It's awesome. Wow. And you've obviously <laughs> caught some fire because you have a lot of followers so people are interested yeah, so
1: i had something to go viral which
0: is nice <laughs> oh that's awesome very cool well listen this has been tons of fun i appreciate you sharing your knowledge with me sharing your wisdom i definitely suggest people go to your instagram page and your website which will be ready to go by the time this is live so go check it out uh janelle you've just been awesome F- super transparent i sort of you know threw all my skeptical questions at you about credit cards and you nailed them all knocked them out of the park so thank you for doing that
1: Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. Good luck to you, and uh, I'll catch up with you in the future and see how this uh, this this portfolio that you're managing yourself. It blows my mind. I'm super impressed by you guys doing this with three people. So uh, I wish you nothing but luck.
1: Thank you so much. Take care.
0: All right. Thanks. All right. That was a lot of fun. I have really never talked to anybody who pushes uh, credit cards. And uh, Janelle has a system and a process and she's dialed it in and uh, she's an engineer. So she's super smart, knows what she's talking about. (laughs) She's gone through all of the risk analysis like she talked about. So uh, if you're interested in that, I definitely suggest you go check her out at JanelleWilson.com or go to Janelle Wilson on Instagram. She does have a great page and she teaches uh, a lot of cool stuff. So go check her out. I had a lot of fun interviewing her. I love Talking to people who are doing things differently than how I've done them, and how I know you know they work for me. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that little different perspective on how to finance your stuff and how to finance your deals. So uh, a lot of fun talking to her, guys. I hope you got something out of that. But listen, it all starts with getting started, right? She was young. She was not sure what she was doing. She uh, she helped her family with the duplex, and just you heard it in her voice. You heard it in the story. She just. Did it like she figured it out? She muscled through it, figured out what to do, and and blew up from there. And now she's, you know, got uh, ninety uh, doors, and she's just killing it. So, go out there and make it happen, guys. Whether through credit cards or not, go make it happen and go take action today. Massive action trumps massive sitting around. <laughs> if that makes sense. So get out there and get it done. All right, we'll talk to you next time.